you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Hey there, everybody. So we're living in an interesting time right now, and I just wanted to first say that uh, if you are listening to this podcast episode today uh, and you are in need, you just need someone to talk to, you need a conversation buddy, you need some encouragement, some support, maybe someone to run an idea by, I want to encourage you to reach out to me. You can email ryan at ryanjamesmiller.com. That will go directly to me, and I am happy to do whatever I can to support you during this time. Please, please, please know that that is me speaking from the bottom of my heart. No strings attached there. Beyond that, you know, I'm trying to do as much as I can just to continue to pour into my coaching clients, uh, to my audience, to my consulting partners. And I've been able to do that in a couple of different ways. I'm getting ready to launch uh, a, a insurance broker specific uh, six month coaching program. Super excited about that. It's called Broker Excellence. I'm ready to launch my next round of foundation small group coaching. That's on personal and professional development, building the foundations, functions, and freedoms to live the life that we want to live. Super pumped about that. And every Friday at 11 o'clock Pacific time, I've been doing authentic conversations, really just an opportunity for me to share some insight and wisdom into some of the things that I've been experiencing around performance and leadership, sales, marketing, so many different things. So you can go to my website, ryanjamesmiller.com. You can find all the stuff there. The coaching programs are under the coaching tab. Uh, the webinars are under the events tab which just hover over the blog and it'll pop up there. So anyway, hope you're well, hope you're great. Please let me know if there's anything that I can do for you. I love you all so much. I'm so thankful for all your support. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited today uh, because this guest and I met, gosh, right at the beginning of this newest season of my professional journey. I uh, got a funny story around that and a little bit of entertainment. Uh, but uh, for some of you uh, that are listening, you're going to know her, Michaela Alexis. Uh, she has uh, just really built a phenomenal and amazing brand out on LinkedIn, uh, traveling uh, the world now, uh, uh, doing uh, speaking events, presentations, and seminars for uh, social uh, uh, social media world. No, maybe I don't have that completely right, but we'll get there. I do. Yeah. Um, she's nodding her head from the video on the other side, <laughs> but she's a, she's a, a LinkedIn coach, a trainer. She's getting ready to launch her first LinkedIn learning course, which I'm super excited to hear about that. Uh, she's doing personal branding and coaching for a lot of entrepreneurs and individuals. Uh, she's a wife. She's a mommy to a couple of dogs that you're going to hear from all throughout this episode today. So <laughs> welcome, Michaela. And thank you so much for having me. And I apologize in advance for the little barks that you might hear in the background. <laughs> No apologies, right? We uh, we do with what we got, and it just so happens that you got a couple of puppies at home. There's just nothing we can do about it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so I just I have to get this out because this is just a great way to set the tone for this conversation. So we first met uh, in LA, May of 2018, um, and I will never forget the epic. Ross Geller moment that you had at that <laughs> event. <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Oh no! 
I forgot that you were there. Oh my God. So good. So sometimes I preface what I'm going to tell people ahead of time. So they're prepared. Other times I want that reaction right there. So if you've ever seen friends, you remember that there was an episode (laughs) when Ross Geller was trying to impress uh, some young ladies as he was back out on the dating scene. He happened to wear this pair of really tight leather pants Uh and He went to the bathroom, but because he was so nervous, he couldn't get his pants back on. Uh And something kind of similar happened, right? Yes, although I wasn't necessarily nervous. It was just really hot in LA then. (laughs) So I had gone to the washroom. I think it was right before. Were were we on the same panel? Uh, No, 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 no. But I was getting ready to speak. Oh, great. So you saw it as an attendee. That's even better. Um, So yeah, I was supposed to be on a panel and, and went to the washroom. Couldn't get my pants back on. And ended up having to kind of crawl my way onto the stage during the panel (laughs) because I was late because I couldn't put my pants back on. So it was a great way to establish credibility, show that I am a true professional and and all of those things. So, but I mean, such is my life. (laughs) I I, I love it for a lot of reasons, honestly, because um, so... We met that day. Um, we didn't know each other previous to that. And, uh, and yet, uh, from what I knew at a distance and hearing you speak that day, you know, you had gained a lot of exposure on LinkedIn, had really built a brand pretty quickly. Uh, I know there was a lot of work behind that, but pretty quickly. And <clears throat> so, you know, this kind of uh, claim to fame was there. And so you don't know how somebody's going to be. And then we had the opportunity to take a car ride back to, um, back to Orange County together. That's right. Yeah. And I remember, I remember getting to know, you know, the more personal side of you in the sense of like, you know, hearing about, uh, you know, your, your husband and just, uh, the journey that you had been on to that point. And so I think it's so important, you know, when, when we, see people online. And even now, like if somebody saw you, I mean, you have a significant brand online and you do a lot of um, uh, high profile events. And so somebody could look at you and be like, gosh, like, you know, she's an untouchable individual. She's probably um, too good for me. And yet I just loved the fact and getting to know you then and then watching you continue to grow like just what an amazing individual you are and what a normal person you are. Um, all the while having all kinds of crazy things like not being able to get your pants back on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you. I think that for me, that's kind of been the reason why I've been able to build any sort of community is that Mm -hmm. for me, it was that moment where I decided to try kind of just drop this act of I'm perfect and I'm polished and I mean, I feel like so many of us have maybe not as extreme as my pants situation, but we have those funny moments or those awkward moments that happen behind the scenes. And most of us try to hide them. And for me, I've kind of done the opposite where I Mm -hmm. embrace it. um, I own it. And that, uh, funny enough, those things that I thought kind of made me uh, damaged or broken are the things that have built this community. So I feel yeah. very, very lucky in that actually my husband, a couple of weeks after I started working solo, he, we were getting in the car and he just stopped and he goes, do you realize that you are building a business for just being yourself? And I'm like, Ooh, I guess I am. And that was just such an incredible moment when I realized that I never again had to pretend to be someone that I'm not. I could just be who I was 
and attract attract the right types of people that were attracted to people that can't get their pants on. Well, that's, that's <laughs> not the best way to word it. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, and trust me, you guys just trust her. Um, <laughs> so, so your your business let's just say was birthed as, uh, as the result of having to step out of an organization. You wrote this kind of letter to yourself and it was a shot yeah. around the world. Um, since then, and we'll get to as well, like you continue to have faced so much adversity, um, which in many ways, not directly relatable, but I can relate to. Um, but it didn't start with like adversity for you did not start with the shot heard around the world. Like uh, in, in seeing you share a little bit about your past, I mean, you had some really, really deep struggle with some things in life leading up to this point. I think that it was that you said that you had an eating disorder at one point and maybe something uh -huh. that you still like have to fight. Yeah. So, so how have you over time, and maybe it was beginning with things like that, how have you used that uh, mm. to learn, to grow, to launch from, and all the while still trying to manage falling back, not or from falling back into some of those things? Yeah, I think that, um, I yeah, definitely, you know, growing up, had an eating disorder, had just issues with self-esteem in general. I always kind of felt like I wasn't enough. No matter what I did, it wasn't enough. And I was terrified of showing who I really was. So I always kind of put on this persona. And it got to a point where I, I still remember the day where I had my first panic attack. I was in university and we had these classes that were filmed. So they were really, really big, huge lecture halls. And I remember just looking around and I wasn't feeling good. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, everyone knows that I'm not feeling good. Everyone knows that I'm not perfect and I'm not polished and I'm not this. And the thought started to like spiral and like the room started to spin. I ended up having to leave the room and was in like a washroom stall, just like shaking for like a good hour and a half. And uh, my, my then boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend uh, had to come and pick me up because I couldn't, I couldn't get home. And from there, I struggled every time I had to leave the house. I normally, if I tried to go to a class, and my school was about a five minute train ride um, away from where I lived at the time, and I would only get to like about the second stop where I would end up having a panic attack and had to go back home. And so for me, that it, it's twofold. Like part of it is like that was like the worst time of my life. It was also the time of like such tremendous growth for me because it really came to a head. A lot of people deal with those um, feelings of, you know, insecurity and self-esteem and um, perfectionism and all that stuff, but it's on a much lower level so that it, you don't come, it doesn't come to a head necessarily. Some people are like that their whole lives. My dad was like that his whole life. For me, it got to a point where I couldn't leave my house. And so I was forced to make a decision to either continue to try and be somebody that I wasn't or say, screw it. If I have a panic attack, I'm going to have that panic attack in public. People can look at me. They can laugh at me. But I'm going to continue to live my life like this. I'm not going to live small. And um, you know, people ask me if I went to therapy and all that was my therapy. That moment was my therapy where I made the decision to live my life imperfectly. And so in many ways, I do feel lucky that that was, I think I was about 23 years old when that all happened. And from that moment on, 
I became who I am now or started to become that way um, where I don't think that would have happened. I don't think that I would be who I was today if, if all mm -hmm. of those things hadn't happened because I wouldn't have had to make that choice. And I think all of us are kind of faced with those choices at some point in our life where yeah. it's like you can either keep white knuckling this idea of who you think you're supposed to be or let go to become who uh, you truly are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I, that was money. <laughs> I mean, it, and, and I mean, that's the stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm super duper passionate about is helping people to, you know, to, to become the person that I say that they were created to be. Um, but so a, as you look back to that, first panic attack and obviously your years and years removed now but do you feel like that was the result of just the generally imposed expectations yeah. on you as a woman growing yep. up in society it, yeah. it was that there was no specific event or a hundred percent i think that like from a young age and this is kind of where i get really fearful when i look at younger girls like because when i was growing up there was like just magazines right or you'd see girls at school and you're like i'm not like them mm. but the thing is is that you could actually close a magazine right and now there are these young girls that are like opening up instagram they're opening up pinterest and all of these apps and they're seeing all these filtered uh images and there's no way to shut it off so i don't i don't know how how much worse it could have been if i was born at a later time yeah. than i was but definitely it was the society expectations of just not being enough not being pretty enough not being smart enough being too smart being you know there's just yep. you, you never feel like you are um that cookie cutter uh, mold of what society suspect uh expects of you so some people either um you know, keep trying to achieve that. Or then there's other women that are kind of like me where it's like, you know what, I'm, that's never going to happen. So screw it. Let me just be who I am. Um, and, and I try to give as, as much, um, uh, strength to people to choose the latter because it, it, they really are totally unrealistic expectations. And it, the same thing is true for, for males as well, right? There's expectations growing up of being the strong one, not showing your emotions. That's, that is the same sort of um, ideas that are, are crippling people later on yeah. in life. And so I think that we all have, kind of have a responsibility to call out the, the BS that, uh, of society expectations. Yeah, no, and I, and I, I appreciate, you know, you, I mean, obviously the acknowledgement of the kind of both and. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting that, you know, uh, you say, you know, if you had grown up today, like how much more difficult it would have been. And yet what's like so wild to me is we now live in a day and age where the general narrative is be happy in your, be happy in your own skin. You, yeah. you know, just, you know, live for yourself and be good as you are. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just so interesting because it's almost as though society is talking out of both sides of their mouth, right? Because <laughs> yeah. everybody says that, yeah. but you can't ignore the fact that there are millions of people that are experiencing this less than feeling that leads to so many other things, which means that they're getting that from somebody, right? It's not right. as though they're just making that up. So it's just, right. it's such a shame to see that we cannot seem to as generally claim victory over this issue. And it is yeah. so prevalent. Yeah. I think that it really comes down to, especially when you talk about be comfortable in your skin and be who you are. It's like, how, 
because that's the what, but what is the how for people that mm -hmm. are struggling with that? And I think that's probably that missing piece of how do you get to that point? And, and a yep. big part for me, quite honestly, in terms of like building up my own confidence, and it may not be the answer that people are looking for, but it's, it's doing things that scare me. Like the best mm -hmm. feeling in my life has been, um, and I'm sure you can relate, doing things that make you proud not your family, not your friends, not your community, but making yourself proud. So doing those things that you think that you can't do, um, getting on stage after you can't get your pants on and still like owning it anyways. Right. Um, e even for myself, I remember the first time that I got on stage and I mentioned the word agoraphobia, like told the story that I just told you. And I, all I could hear was just my heartbeat. Because I said it and I felt like in my heart, okay, if I say it, it's not going to be a big deal. And my heart was beating so fast. And guess what happened? It was during like a, an event while people, like it was like a dinner sort of thing. And people looked up and then looked back down to their steak and continued cutting. Right. And that was such an important moment for me because it was like, oh my gosh, here's this thing that I thought was going to make me seem like so weird and, and all these things. And people were like, okay, what, you know, what's for dessert. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and that yeah. was just really good. It was, it was a really humbling moment. Um, yeah. but I think that more of those things are necessary. So, you know, especially, um, growing up trying to get people to stretch themselves outside of their comfort zone. So, yeah. you know, beyond just being uh, a student, you know, what can you achieve beyond that? So like, uh, and nurturing creativity and all of these things, because the more proud that you can be of yourself, I truly believe that it eventually leads to this like untouchable confidence in yourself because you're like, yeah, hard things will happen, but yep. I can get through it anyway. Okay. So you're struggling with um, you're walking through all these challenges in life. You've got some things you've, you've identified. Uh, and so you make the, the decision that everybody should make when they're struggling with self-image and self-worth and you decided to start your own business. <laughs> and so what the yeah. hell were you thinking? Yeah. Well, I mean, my whole story is kind of, I, I mean, now looking back, it's probably not that weird, but it felt very strange. So I, I started on LinkedIn creating content and, um, and landed my dream job in, in 2016. And then I worked at that job for uh, about a year before my bosses started to realize, okay, she's kind of outgrowing this role already. So they approached me and they asked if I wanted to um, start a, an agency with them. And I was really pumped about it. There were a lot of things that happened behind the scenes. Um, I was supposed to be running basically a department of the startup and um, they were going to acquire uh, an existing organization in, in Ottawa. Uh, and then that deal fell through. However, I, being the promoter that I am, was like, this is perfect, my dream come true. So I had already written the entire article, my story had gone on CNBC, and then I was literally behind the scenes being told, oh, by the way, this thing that you were only supposed to run one department for, you are now the president, good luck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, you know, the first few months were awesome. And then I slowly realized, you know, once the applause ended and the flowers and the congratulations stopped, 
I looked around and I'm like, I have spent my whole life waiting for this moment, for this dream to happen, the beautiful corner office, the prestigious title. I have everything and it's not my dream. And I knew that early on. And then it just became months and months of like anguish because I knew that I wasn't doing what I was being called to. And um, we started doing these workshops with um, clients. And every time I would do a workshop, I just felt alive. And even if it was just for that hour, a few hours, I knew in my heart that that was what I was meant to be doing. And um, it all kind of came to a head. I don't, I don't know if you know the story, but I went to Costa Rica. And I remember being on, on the plane and saying, I need to be healed by this trip because I was miserable at the time behind the scenes i'm like i've gotten everything and i hate it and so i go on this trip and i go on this zipline tour and at the end of the zipline tour there's this thing called a tarzan swing where they strap you in and you kind of like swing off of the cliff and it's like literally like a leap of faith and as i'm like swinging i go from like laughing and screaming uh to crying and like the guys that are operating are like are you okay? Like, is it pinching you? Are you hurt? All this stuff. I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, it was because I'm like swinging there. And in that moment, I realized that I could not actually remember the last time that I had played, that I um, had laughed, that I was smiling, hmm. um, that I could just be myself, not this like self that I had kind of created a narrative for, but like truly who I am. And um, I thought it was weird. And then even like after I got back to the office, people would be like, oh, how's your trip? I'm like, it was great. Like, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. so, it was so awkward. And so it really did, it came to a point where I walked in and I said, I can't do this anymore. Um, and that was super, super tough because I'm not a decisive person. I am not a risk taker at all. And yet I did feel in that moment, like I was being led by something that was bigger than myself. I knew that my calling was to go out and help other people. Um, and so despite all of it, I just kind of relied on it. But I mean, definitely the day after I, I quit my, my job, I'm like sitting there being like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But uh but yeah, I mean, it, and it's worked out. It's, it was tough in the beginning, mostly because I felt like so many people had seen themselves in my story. And so they had watched me kind of go from broke job seeker to uh, partnering with this like dream company. And, uh, you know, they, they thought that that was like the happily ever after and they were kind of striving towards it. And then I had to go on in front of hundreds of thousands of people and say, uh, by the way, this wasn't the dream and I'm moving on. And I got, I, I got some, I got heat. I got people that were really disappointed in me. Um, but at the end of the day, this is, this is my life and I have to kind of live it true to, true to myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is super duper important again, like on this whole theme of, you know, um, uh, knowing ourselves and being ourselves. I, I think that there's the attitude and posture that you can take, which is like, F everybody, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Um, but then there's the other side of it, which is, no, no, no. I understand who I am. I understand what I'm passionate about and the things that are going to make me happy and, and going to fulfill my life. And I can't please everybody in doing that. And so, 
you know, maybe I understand that you're upset. Maybe I don't, but at least then I just have empathy for the fact that you're a jerk. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, but I've got to do this. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, there's too many opportunities for our life to end so quickly. Yeah. And I feel like we waste so much time doing things that we've told ourselves we need to do, that other yeah. people have told us that we need to do. Uh, when all the while, once we finally get into that lane of really loving what we're doing, even if it's not all rainbows and unicorns, like it is mm -hmm. just such a feeling that, that everybody needs to feel and everybody yeah. needs to live. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is that so many people don't know that there is another way mm -hmm. to live. I think it, it is an absolute blessing to be able to wake up in the morning and despite whatever is happening in my personal life, really truly and have something to look forward to and work doesn't uh definitely doesn't feel like work i mean there are lots of times where i'm traveling and i'll be traveling for um not long ago i went to california and woke up three o'clock in the morning tried to sleep on the plane literally landed in la went straight to the k-swiss office did a podcast interview did a, a session with their employees and then did a video shoot and then woke up and went back to Ottawa. I mean, if you don't love it, that is torture. That's like that's like twenty four hours of work. But um, I I just really enjoy what I do, and I I hope that other people can see because I remember what it felt like sitting there and saying, "What's wrong with me? Like, why can't I just be happy with you know having the ability to pay my my bills? Like, I should be grateful." Right. Because sometimes people get those quotes twisted where it's like, um, you know, change your mindset and you'll change your life and all that doesn't mean that you need to settle for less than what makes you happy or what you deserve. Yeah. And I think that's where people get it twisted, where it's like, well, I just need to be learn to become more grateful. And that's true. I'm grateful for every experience in my life, mm -hmm. good or bad, but it doesn't mean that I need to live there, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think that part of the problem has become that like um, a, a couple of things. So um, uh, people believe there's a lot of people that believe that work is just always going to suck and it's just a necessary evil. And so I believe that's a really big problem. I believe that another issue that uh, that happens a lot, especially in entrepreneurship or in small business ownership, maybe in business ownership in general, but it's like, no, 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 I have to grind this out. This is the grind. This is when I'm going to have yeah. to just suck it up and really just grind it out. And I'm not going to love it, but it's going to pay off one day. And I'm like, dude, what if you never get to the end? Like, yeah. are you going to just, are you just going to look back and be like, gosh, I just wasted my whole life for nothing. I just, it, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that I, thankfully the culture is starting to shift a little mm -hmm. bit more, but I, I think that a lot of that comes from those traditional beliefs of like, you start from the bottom, you work your way up. That doesn't exist anymore. Like that's not how things work. And I think that for me, um, my, one of my old bosses, he kind of put a, everything in perspective for me, he really became a mentor, um, still is to this day. Um, and he told me, he's like, it's not about how much work you put in. It's about what the perceived impact you have on the organization. So when I started to, as an employee, understand the mindset of the business owner, 
that's when I started to like mm-hmm. to rise in my career because then I was like, oh my gosh. So you don't care if I stay here until 7 p.m. Like, cause that, that was my mindset. I'm just going to like, like you mentioned, grind it out and eventually someone's going to notice and all of this is going to pay off. And it's like, well, no, that's not yeah. necessarily how it works. And, um, it really depends on what activities you're doing, right? You can grind all day long, but if you're working on the wrong activities or if you're working on the wrong project altogether, then it's not going to end up anywhere good except for exhaustion and burnout. Yeah. Which again, we see everywhere all over the place. It's crazy. Okay. We've got to rewind about five minutes because five minutes ago, Michaela dropped something in there, just kind of, you know, talking about, just a day in Southern California. Uh, so you said that you went to K-Swiss and you uh, met with them, you did a workshop, and then you did a video shoot. Uh-huh. But you didn't just do it because you dropped into K-Swiss's office. You did it because you have your own signature sneaker with K-Swiss <laughs> that I happen to own a pair of, right? The startup. Nice. Uh, and I love that your message is self-belief. And so... Um, just because I, I, I believe that like, it's really cool to say you have a sneaker, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just jealous. but uh, I'm, I'm just going to write on my converse or something like that. And put my name on it. Um, but, um, but, but tell me a little bit about that because yeah. I know that there was, because I know a couple of other people that have been in the running for similar things. And so uh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, and really, I, I mean, I kind of get the self-belief idea, but, but why that all was something really passionate for you yeah. uh, and how it all kind of came to fruition. Cause I think it's really cool for people to hear. Yeah. So I, um, I had my first, uh, keynote in 2016 at the Sony center. I mean, that's a whole story in itself. I, I basically approached the event planner and just pitched myself and I never, again, I'm not a risky person. I don't know where that came from. I remember pitching myself and then right after, cause all I could hear was just silence on the other end. And I'm like, what did I just do? But sometimes you're just, you know what, you're just led and you just gotta like go with it. Right. Um, and, uh, ended up getting my first keynote there. It was, um, uh, the same day as Gary V same event as him. And, um, one of the other speakers was, uh, uh, Barney, uh, Waters, uh, and Barney Waters is the president of K-Swiss. And uh, we were in the green room together. We were just talking. Um, I kind of shared a little bit of my story with, uh, LinkedIn, what I had been doing, what I wrote about, what my content was about, and uh, kind of left it at that. We connected on on Instagram, I, I think, and um, uh, have stayed in touch a little bit over the years. But um, then they came out with this line, which is called the Startup, which is basically they have different shoes for each sort of characteristic that you need to have as an entrepreneur to succeed. So there's one for confidence, one for risk. You can't remember the other ones, but there's a whole bunch of different ones. And, uh, so years, years later, uh, Barney, uh, contacts me again and he says, you are our muse for one of the shoes that we're creating right now. And, uh, and then asked me to get in touch with their marketing person. And yeah, I was kind of like floored because I'm like, I'm I'm amused for anything, period. Um, let alone amused with me or yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Have you seen my latest TikTok? Um, but, uh, I was still like, I was just so blown away by the whole thing. And then when they told me the ideas of self-belief and like it being embroidered into the 
the uh, shoe. I mean, I've always beyond my my uh, content. I am a big believer in affirmations and positive quotes. I, I think that sometimes you, you need to work for positivity. It doesn't just come to you. You're not like, you don't wake up in the morning. You're like, it's a beautiful day. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's just me. There's some days where I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, not this again. Right. Yeah. And so I put, I have um, a whiteboard in my closet. I've got a vision board in my closet. I've got a dream board. I've got positive quotes all over. It's, it's a little much. My husband, I actually have positive quotes right behind me. Um, but I need it sometimes. So, um, the fact that they had a shoe that became a reminder. And at the time, uh, it was interesting because I was going through fertility treatments and, um, I, I would actually carry like positive quotes in my pocket. And then all of a sudden there was this shoe where I could literally look down while I'm on a medical table and see self-belief staring back at me. It just kind of felt like it was one of those partnerships that was a perfect match. Um, and so flew down there, did a video campaign all about self-belief and, and why it's important to overall success. And, uh, they just been, they've been so awesome to work with. They are, uh, kind of a big brand with a, a bigger heart and, uh, love what they do. And I love to see more brands kind of making those connections with people whose values yeah. align with them as well. So, um, hope to see more of that in the future with not just yeah. myself, but with other people too. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've heard it a million times, but congrats. I mean, that's just, that's so badass hey. to be able to just, you know, to, to be able to claim that. And obviously, you know, it wasn't that, you know, you pitched yourself hard and you no. paid money and got in front of the right people, which happens sometimes. It's, sure. it's really that, you know, it was something that resonated with them. Yeah. And, you know, to see that come to fro fruition is so cool. And I agree too. I, I think that, um, you know, what a brand like K-Swiss has been able to do is they've been able to, been able to leverage uh, their audience in the right way. Whereas, you know, a lot of these bigger kind of quote unquote corporate brands mm -hmm. are, they're just so dated in terms of the ways yeah. that they are uh, building product, marketing their product, right. trying to reach their audiences. And, uh, and I love that, you know, K-Swiss has kind of gone more mm -hmm. from the ground up. And, yeah. um, and, and they're hitting people that are relatable. You know, it, right. it's not like we can all relate to the, you know, to Tiger Woods or LeBron James, like that's fine in the sense of like, you know, they're an icon in their sport, but they're just not us. And so it's really hard to do that. And so I, I think it's really cool that Case West has done that. Are you trying to tell me that I'm not on the same level as Tiger Woods and LeBron James? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> you put, put that you up there on your dream board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not sporty whatsoever. The best thing I can do is a baton twirl. My mom taught me how to do it when I was, that's a really weird skill to have, isn't it? Wait, you really can? Oh yeah. My mom used to be in a marching band and she used to be the baton twirler. Like I, I can literally do it just like this. Where I'm like pretending. <laughs> I don't know. I have the weirdest skills. <laughs> okay. So I can also I play an organ. <laughs> I, I challenge you. The baton twirl and get that video up on social media. Oh, gosh. Come on. I'll, I'll do an inspirational video twirling it at the Seriously. same time. <laughs> Put the, some flames on the end of it or something. Come on. Just go be yourself. Go twirl that baton. I want to see it happen. With some of the stuff I've seen you do lately, I mean, come on. Baton twirling is right in line. I saw you like throw a whole bunch of like – 
draped clothes on you yesterday and dancing around uh, just wild and you can do it no no question my, my husband's gonna have me committed at some point I, i'm telling you and it really doesn't help because the last two days that i've told him how hard i'm working the first day i was i was i had a mustache on drawn on and the second day i was wearing um a mexican wrestler mask and drake like a lucha libre one yeah, and twerking yes. oh, in it. Right. So, so I mean, I I swear my content is sometimes more serious, but I think it's also important to just have fun. Uh, okay, so uh, I don't know how far this question's going to go, but I, I'm kind of interested. So, uh, if people don't already know, uh, Michaela lives in Ottawa. Uh, that you've heard the Canada A many times. Um, uh, your husband has a government job. Uh, and so is there any limitation? Has there ever been any concern around the content you share, mm -hmm. like where that goes, you being in a certain location that, uh, is, that, that puts what he does at risk or has there ever, ever been any question there? And, and I don't know how far um, you can even explain what he does, but we, I can't, I can't fully explain what he does. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, in the very beginning, we had the talk, even if he didn't have the job that he did, uh, we are just opposites, which I think it tends to happen a lot, right? You have the person that's more analytical and then yeah. you have the, the partner that is more uh, creative and somehow when blended together, they create a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Which has definitely been the case, but absolutely. I mean, I, I am so grateful for him because there have been times where I, I don't think before I post. And um, one example was when I uh, landed my job as president of this new uh, agency, I was like so excited that I'm like, look at my new business <laughs> in front of a hundred thousand people and all of a sudden I get these phone calls where it's I mean not everybody on LinkedIn is uh totally there and so I would have people that were calling me trying to share coffee jokes I just I had one no guy that was sending way. me a script for like an idea for Batman versus uh Spider-Man like a a movie I, there was a lot there was a lot and I ended up having I got to a point where I had to a my uh, operations manager had to change my phone number and then we <laughs> needed to screen all the calls. So I am, oh I am, gosh. I am very well known for putting it all out there and then having people being like, Hey, dumb, dumb, <laughs> 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 you got to change Gee. this. So I've learned over time to make sure like, even when it comes to location, um, you know, unless I'm in a huge hotel or something like that, um, and even then, I usually actually, mm -hmm. my stories are usually a day behind. So mm -hmm. I usually will go someplace for a day and then um, come back to Ottawa. And I won't share the story until I'm back in Ottawa. So people will be like, hey, oh my God, you're in my hood. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But yeah, that is yeah. just a good way for me to, because I've, I've, I've had some really traumatic experiences being a solo traveler before I started with the whole LinkedIn stuff, um, where I had a security guard that uh, tried to get into my hotel room years and years ago when I was traveling to California. And like I had when you were file, in there? Yeah, I had to file a police report. Um, it was one of the scariest moments of my life. And so, um, yeah, 
that that experience like right away kind of put everything in perspective that wow. you know it's nice to to believe in the good in everybody but mm -hmm. the reality is is that there are a lot of people that will take advantage of people that are traveling solo if you're female um and so security is really important, not just for me, but also for my clients. Like if I see, especially with the contact information on uh, your LinkedIn profile, I'm always looking at that to make sure that it's not mm. a personal phone number. Some people will put their personal addresses on there. I see that every once in a while. And it's like, <gasps> it gives yeah. me a little bit of a panic attack. Yeah. So uh, it definitely um, has put everything in perspective. But you learn as yeah. you go, right? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that there's a lot of wisdom just even in that, because uh, in the sense of like people do it now and they're like, oh, it's no big deal. Like I, I just have a couple hundred connections and I, and, but you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Two years from now. And, yeah. That's what happened you know, to me. It, it, yeah. it literally happened overnight. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these phone calls um, like back in 2016 and I couldn't figure it out. And then like me and my boss, my boss is like, well, have you Googled your name? And I'm like, no, I never thought of doing that. So he Googled my name for me and he's like, Michaela, you have your resume still online with your phone number, your address, like everything. And so yeah. like, thank goodness I work for an IT company because they really like hammered it into me, yeah, like yeah. be secure. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a really good point because you really, like, I didn't, I didn't have any issues with my resume being online because I was just, I still am a regular person, but I, I, I had like a really small network of a few hundred people and nobody's going to call me randomly, but right. it happened overnight where I went from that to having 13,000 connections. And this thing was, was being spread like wildfire, my, my article. And that's when things got really scary. Jeez. Got so wild. Um, okay. So, uh, on a more serious note, um, so anybody that has followed you for any period of time uh, knows that you are now walking through in the midst of getting amazing opportunities. I know you've been able to hit stages that have been on that dream board and like things have been super exciting. Um, but also I know one thing that uh, you shared is this desire to, to be a mom. Yeah. And so you have been walking through and I'm sure it was privately at first. And, and yeah. at some point you made this conscious, conscious, conscious decision to open uh -huh. up a little bit about it. And so, uh, now stepping through a fertility treatment. And so how, how has that been? Um, I mean, again, you know, you went through challenges early in life, you know, kind yeah. of this roller coaster and you've been on this great ride. And so now you make this decision like, okay, now it's time to, uh, to get pregnant and yeah. have a baby. And so how, how did that hit you? I mean, personally, I, I, I can imagine, but even from a professional side of things, like how, how does that all come into play now for you? And how do you continue to stay focused on serving your clients, growing your business all the while mm -hmm. you really, really have to be careful because I know that there's a lot of sensitivity around what you do and, and the, uh, you know, and, and the way you are as you're going yeah. through these things. Yeah, you know, it's it's been interesting watching because right now we're in the midst of coronavirus and um, there are so many similarities that I can see right off the bat between people that are now going through uh, this like mindset shift and really struggling from a mental health perspective dealing with it. And the reason that I say that is because you go from, okay, 
we're ready. We're going to start a family. It's going to happen just like everything else, right? I've got it on my dream board. It's going to happen. Um, and that's one of those things that I was like, oh, wait, I can't hustle to make this thing happen. Mm. And um, that moment when you realize that there are things in your life that you will not have control over is probably one of the hardest journeys that you will have to go through. And it's going to be the same thing with coronavirus. The people that are out there that have lost their jobs, that are uh, stuck inside, that are worried about their family members, there are things that you cannot control. And we like to believe that we're constantly in control. And so that shift is really, really difficult. And, and so I'm watching, and even this idea of like, not knowing what's going to happen. None of us really know what's going to happen in right. the next few weeks. I have been walking through that over the past few years, not knowing what's going to happen, if it will ever happen, you know, it's always important to have hope and faith and all those things. Um, but there's always that, that dark cloud that's looming over of like, this is all unknown. We're like walking through like almost like a jungle and not knowing if there's any light on the other side. So, but it's been great in, in a few ways in that, well, A, I've been able to kind of navigate through that. Um, I've also been able to share my story with other people that are going through it. And I've also been able to create a new community of people that are walking through the same thing that I, I certainly would not have connected with if it wasn't for this shared experience. So I've learned quite a bit. I have gone through uh, therapy. Um, infertility is one of those things that, you know, my dad passed away a year ago and yeah. that death was really hard, but it was hard all at once. And the best way to describe infertility is that it's like dealing with a death every single month. Hmm. And so I generally feel really great at the beginning of the month. And then towards the end of the month, I don't feel so great. Um, and then when you put in uh, fertility treatments, then you're adding hormones, you're adding all these things on top of everything else that you're dealing mm -hmm. with. And, and my heart really breaks right now for so many people that are on, on top of dealing with the mental health issues with um, coronavirus are now having after months of waiting to pay for these really expensive treatments are now having to put their plans to have a family on hold. There's women like me that um, are, are looking to have consultations for surgery um, because they are in constant pain. And, and after two years of waiting, I just saw one girl yesterday that had her appointment canceled after two and a half years. And um, so I think that this is just such a moment in time, more than any time in my lifetime, at least, for compassion and for love. Because mm -hmm. we like to do this thing as humans where we're like, here's a totem pole of pain and you're right here and you're right here. Let's stop freaking doing that yeah. because everybody right now is dealing with totally different experiences and each one of them is valid and important and deserve to be heard. And I think it's just such an incredible opportunity for us all to come together and share these experiences and allow that person to have their story heard. And I know that might be a little bit woo woo, but, um, yeah. But it really, I'm noticing this right away is like, well, this person's suffering, but wait, this person's suffering with this person. We don't know what it feels like to live in someone else's life. And so why don't we just do the, the good thing of just being loving and caring and compassionate to every single human um, that we can right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things that <clears throat> uh, just kind of really breaks my heart um, in, in regard to what you're going through specifically, and obviously thousands, 
hundreds of thousands, millions of women I'm sure have experienced and will continue is there, I, I can never um, put myself in your place of, of wanting something like this and not being able to get it. But right. what, what I can see is there is this, again, this narrative in society that here's what a family looks like right. or to like uh, a woman was created for child. Right. Right. Um, and, and so again, like here is all of this now guilt and shame yeah. and less than idea that like, what do you mean you, you can't yeah. get pregnant? Like yeah. that, that's what you, you were built to do that. And right. Some people I understand are doing that from a place of, uh, of ignorance. Um, yeah. Some of them just really are trying to like be good about it. You know, like right. this is a woman's characteristic and so this is what she should do. But I just don't think people truly understand what's no. at stake here. And yeah. like every time we impress that upon society, but females specifically, I just feel like we're saying something that not only is not true, but it can be one of the most hurtful things that we can say. So sure. like, I am just so sorry for, you know, what you've had to step through. And I know that you've dealt with it uh, at least, you know, from what, you know, can be seen on the outside pretty well, but I'm sure there's just these painful yeah. moments and it's just, sure. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for not understanding because I didn't understand. I remember mm -hmm. going to the fertility treatment with my husband and I was like confused. I'm like, why are there all these support groups? Why is there a psychologist? Is that bad if like mm -hmm. you have a miscarriage? But um, I didn't get it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I think storytelling is so important because yeah. Um, and that's why what, what I love about LinkedIn too, is that you're seeing all these perspectives and it's like, Oh damn, like I never would have even considered that. Or I, I never would have thought, you know, I posted the other day of, um, people joking about these quarantine babies. And it's, again, when somebody is spending their whole life and their life savings on something that has now been canceled or someone is having a miscarriage, let's just not make fertility a joke. And that's, yeah. I, and I totally understand that's not anybody's intention, but it's not about yeah. intention. It's about how it's being received. Let's, let's try and reduce the pain for other people. But unless like people like me talk about the things that are taboo and, and aren't really spoken about um, and share these experiences, there's no way of any of us knowing when we are yes. crossing some sort of line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, and I think what you just said right there is so important. Like, I think there is, um, there's a desire for people to be good and to do good and to treat other people well, but a lot of times we don't understand what we're stepping into. And so even, you know, uh, again, you know, we said it a couple of times, like joking about the coronavirus and it's like, yes, I mean, I understand that it's like, haha, let's, let's have fun in quarantine. But like, there's really people that are fearful for their life. Uh, by just stepping outside and breathing the air or like yeah. you said, you know, it's like hey all these people are shut in and so now like they've got nothing to do but have sex with each other. It's like okay, haha, -ha, but yeah. you don't understand what you're doing and so um, I, I don't think people are trying to be hurtful, but what no. you said there at the end, which is it, it, it is important for other people to communicate the things that they are going through and their perceptions of things like you're doing right. because then I'm like, oh gosh. Like yeah. now I can see where yeah. that would be really hurtful and yeah. we can't tiptoe around everything per se, right. but I think these are some extra sensitive issues yeah. because it has to do again with, 
um, this perception of worth and value and human emotion that I think are really important. So I think yeah. that's wise words. It really, really is. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. So turning the corner as we're beginning to land the plane, but I can't, I can't not uh, ask either. So um, you have, um, you have invested a significant amount of your professional and personal life into social media, particularly into LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You've built this phenomenal relationship with them specifically, and they've created opportunity for you. Uh, and so now you're getting what is just sick and that's you've created your first LinkedIn learners course yep. uh, that's going to be going live here soon. And so, and what's funny to me, by the way, I should preface this, uh, whether you're on LinkedIn or not, which I have no idea why you wouldn't be, I don't care what you do. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of um, uh, fakers out there. There's a lot of people that are portraying the, this ability to be able to teach other people what to do and how to do it. And I believe it's just such bullshit. Like it's just, it's so bad to see how many people are trying to capitalize on the exposure and growth of LinkedIn. So mm. don't deal with any of that garbage. Don't ever buy something from somebody like that. Um, you should never spend your money on that kind of stuff unless it's a significantly credible source. Uh -huh. Now with my disclaimer out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get this incredible opportunity. So how did you step into that, th that yeah. last piece? What was that experience like? And what can we expect uh, coming out the other side, which is going to go live probably pretty close to the time that this podcast will end up going live? Yeah, I love this story because it comes, it, I actually got this opportunity because of a competitor, quote unquote. And I, I think that's why relationships are so important and real relationships, not just like, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Not that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I was speaking at Content Marketing World and um, I had gone to uh, uh, and met up with Vivica Von Rosen. She works for uh, Van uh, Gresso and she's just a LinkedIn superstar in general. She's amazing. She has been teaching about LinkedIn for years and years and years. Um, and she's become a good friend. Um, she's just a, a ray of sunshine. And she, we were talking about goals and I had mentioned doing a course for LinkedIn learning. And she's like, well, I've done courses for LinkedIn learning, Michaela. I can introduce you to somebody at LinkedIn. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, you know, that's, you know, people will say they'll make an intro and all that yeah. stuff. By the, before I had even gotten on the plane to go back home, she had made the uh, intro via email to uh, her contact at LinkedIn who made another contact or uh, sent that uh, me to another contact um, and started the whole application audition process. And, wow. um, so that was, was really, really special. Um, the process was pretty rigorous. They ask you, uh, you have to do a, an audition for screen cap. You have to do an audition for you on a camera. Um, and then you have to do like a table of contents. Um, and then that's vetted and then that can be approved or uh, rejected. And uh, so mine was approved and it was really exciting for me because it is going to be the very first LinkedIn pages course. So LinkedIn yeah. for businesses, um, which just feels so, so special. Um, and the whole process was just so much fun to do. I got to fly out to um, Santa Barbara 
to their studios there and record on a live set. I had my own director, uh, my own producer that I worked with. So it was really, really fun to work with that entire team. And uh, I mean, LinkedIn also has some of the best catered lunches I had ever experienced <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> like what you can it's get the small custom, things. custom tacos. Like it's just crazy. Um, so it was a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, I just went through the review process to review the videos and, uh, the course is supposed to come out uh, this month, hopefully, um, all things considered. I'm so excited for that because, you know, in this, and rightfully so, this massive surge of personal branding. And so everybody building their individual profiles, their individual brand, their individual content strategy. I've seen so much, uh, so much benefit out of people doing that. I myself have, have been fortunate in, in that same realm. I think the, the missing piece for so many has been the company pages side of things. It's just this kind right. of like, dead space almost like a website was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And as I've seen you share a little bit about the capabilities there and you've shared, you know, some insight into how to use it from time to time, there can be so much power there and yet it's still so mysterious. So, I mean, I think this is something that is going to be phenomenal for anybody that's in a decision maker role within an organization, entrepreneurs uh, that are, that are, uh, that have their own company page separate. I just, I feel like podcasters, I feel like having a, you know, using a page like this instead of trying to filter all that content through their own personal page. I just feel like there's so much opportunity there. So that's going to be pretty sick. Uh, I hope so. I, it, you know, it kind of feels like this baby that I've been nurturing and I'm putting mm. it out into the world. So um, we'll see how people react, but I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of great material. And just like you mentioned, I feel like it's a very untapped um, opportunity for a lot of people. I'm, I, you know, people that I have uh, mentored um, or taught people that take in my course, I'm watching their pages grow. And so that's been really rewarding. Um, and so hopefully this will be able to do that, but on a wider scale where, where yeah. companies are able to do, just like we talked about with K-Swiss, really um, embrace who they, who they are, their values, and start getting down on a human level with people and sharing these great stories about their organizations. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, because the, most of the company content right now that's shared is just terrible. It's just such generic <laughs> content. It is. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we're landing the plane. Um, oh, by the way, I, I just, I'm really kind of curious. So how often do people pitch you on LinkedIn to help you get leads and, and get opportunities for yourself? Uh, I would s at least once a day. <laughs> at least. Uh, you know, the, the best one are when they're um, the bots where it says, how do you enjoy working at Michaela Alexis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I she's enjoy working terrible. at myself. <laughs> she's awful. Do you have any leads That's, for me? Where else can I work? This sucks. <laughs> it's so stupid. I mean, like, it, it, it's inevitable, but, you know, in, in all the growth of LinkedIn, and like, I'm just such a believer, it's created so many opportunities for me, but it's still the stupidity by which people are trying to do business there still to this day are just crazy to me. People using bots like 
I may yeah. ruffle feathers, but I never, ever, ever, ever would ever use any automation on LinkedIn for Same. myself. And I don't believe anybody should. I believe mm -hmm. that a human should always be behind that stuff. But it's just, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous to me. And then all of the, like, even as a male, uh, some of the inappropriate things I get from time to time, uh, sure. I can only imagine as a woman what it must be like. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I have a funny story for you. So I'm, I'm doing this campaign right now, uh, hashtag light, light up LinkedIn, which is all about yeah. sharing positivity in the middle of this crazy pandemic where it's just devastating for so many people mm -hmm. and just trying to bring as much light as we can. And in the midst of this campaign, I actually have a message from somebody that the, the uh, subject line is just saying, and then the message is, has anybody told you that you have beautiful eyes? And I'm like, uh, creeps on LinkedIn won't let a pandemic <laughs> slow them down. <laughs> no way. Now's more of the I'm opportunity. Like, oh my gosh. Like, what is it going to take? <laughs> nope. All those ladies are sitting at home on their couches waiting for me oh, to Tinder them. Like gosh. I can't wait. Oh, it's terrible. One day they'll learn, um, or maybe they won't and they'll just continue to be idiots. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? Okay, so uh, LinkedIn Live course coming soon. Um, I will make sure to put uh, uh, links for people to connect with you on LinkedIn, clearly, uh, both on your personal and your company page. Uh, Instagram, uh, where else, if anywhere else, do you want people to, to come after you in appropriate ways? So definitely on Instagram, if, if anyone's listening and wants to hear kind of like the more personal side of things, I, I share a lot of my professional milestones and experiences on LinkedIn, and a lot more of the personal stuff on uh, Instagram. I've also been like playing with TikTok a little bit. Uh, it's just been fun, especially during uh, self-isolation. Um, and my website, which is mickalexis.com, there's all sorts of great resources on there. Uh, in terms of how to use LinkedIn properly, because I'm a big believer in not just criticizing people for not using LinkedIn the right way, but also teaching people how to do things a better way. Um, so there's lots of blog posts that are on there, lots of downloads that you can use to uh, create a better, more authentic, uh, genuine presence on LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, Again, I said it towards the, towards the beginning. I've said it to you before at different times. Like, I really appreciate you. I mean, I just feel like you really are a genuine human being. You are super kind and gracious uh, in every interaction I've ever seen, uh, you know, in personally, but also just as I've watched you with other people. I think that you have a huge heart. I think that um, what's in front of you is probably still um, far greater than everything you've accomplished. And you've accomplished so much so quickly. Uh, I know you put a lot of hard work into that. So just thank you for being you, for being awesome, for being here today. It's been super fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been just as fun for me. So thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. <clears throat> All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. As always, feedback is appreciated. Make sure you connect with Michaela. Reach out to me if I can do anything for you whatsoever. With that, enjoy your isolation because when this podcast goes live, you'll probably still be in it. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.